Hey everyone, Darren Lake here with Master of Some. Just letting you know that this upcoming episode contains a bit of foul language, uh, adult language. So it's just a tiny bit. We kind of add in color commentary. So if you have anyone around you that may be offended, please throw on some headphones or earmuffs on them or whatever you need to do. Thanks. Enjoy. What kind of hot sauce do you use? Uh, I use a... Uh, I forget the name of the brand, but it's got some like sinister-looking dude in a top hat on the bottle. Um, it's got... It sounds yeah. like uh, some Breaking Bad uh, Heisenberg shit. Yeah, yeah. It's legit ingredients, though. No sugar, no bullshit. Like, basically, like... What hot sauce has sugar in it? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Darren Lake here with Mr. Phil Cross for the Master of Some podcast. And this episode is about training load. How much is too much? A question that any athlete, endurance athlete, should be thinking about going into their next event and should be asking themselves. You should be asking you questions like, how do I go about deciding on the volume, the intensity, and the timing components of your training plan? So yeah, we go really deep into it. I won't say too much right now. If you like what you hear, you can rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes or whatever you use. We know that some of you are iTunes haters out there, so you can hop up on Stitcher or Podbean or whatever it is. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, and also go masterofsome.com or social media and hit us up with any questions. We love Red Team shade and, and hate. So if you've been listening, you will know what the Red Team is. Enjoy. All right, Phil. So you're going to lead us off, man. Tell, tell me about training volume. Training volume, big piece of the puzzle. Um, you picked a goal race. Um, you kind of have some idea, I'm assuming by now, of, of what you want to do there, what your goal is. How do you decide how much to do? Um, again, we'll use triathlon as a, as a, as a baseline here because it's probably the most complicated sport most of you uh, most of you listeners would be training for um, if you're a single sport uh, cyclist or a runner volume is still uh, just as important in terms of the equation and when we're talking about volume I really like to think of it in in kind of three different ways um, first what do you need to do uh, or what do you think you need to do uh, and this relates to a specific goal you have um, for for the event if you just want to finish versus you want to qualify for something versus you have a you know a very very def- uh, defined time in mind that you want to hit, um, you're going to have uh, you're going to have a lot clearer idea of what you need to do in terms of volume. Uh, what can you do? Um, so, what capacity do you have in your life? Um, you know, what volume is possible for you? And what you feel you should do, so the kind of subjective view on 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 how much you should be training are kind of three different lenses through which uh, I think we should look at this. Um, I think clarity uh, and planning play into this a lot. So, you know, most, uh, most athletes are type A's with um, busy lives, with a lot going on. You know, most of us have day jobs. Most of us have friends and family and kids and probably less friends and fewer kids if you're an Ironman athlete you know who you are I'm gonna derail this for a second go um I keep hearing this type a I know what it is yeah 
but I actually haven't looked it up. What is the difference? What is a type A? And then what's the opposite of type A? Is that a type B? Because I've never heard anyone saying you're a type B personality. Yeah. Yeah. Good. good so great. just real quick, 140 characters, old Twitter. Yeah. What's, what's, a, type, what's a type A? <laughs> old Twitter. Um, great question. Um, type A is basically a driven, goal-orientated, uh, achievement-orientated person who finds it hard to stop swimming. Type B person, more of a drifter, more of a go with the flow, more in, more attentional than intentional. Uh, and if you want a clarification on what that means, you'll have to go back to episode one on goal setting and give that a listen. And we don't know what the timestamp is on that, so you have to listen to the whole thing. And, yeah, and sure. then subscribe, rate, and comment. So uh, yeah, no, I I agree with you. And some people can be hybrid. Sometimes you're a little bit of one. Sometimes you're a little bit of the other. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. like that. All right, keep going. Um, and the other frame I wanted to throw out there is uh, this is uh, this is more of a conundrum for newer athletes or somebody new to a particular sport. If you've done 50 marathons, you probably have a pretty good idea of what, what sort of volume you need to do, what sort of volume you perform best at, um, and what you know what, what's too little, what's too much, what will break your body, what will break your relationships. Um, and, and also uh, the relationship between, you know, it's not just volume, it's, it's volume and intensity. So uh, probably a better frame than training volume here is total training load. So, um, you know, you can do a lot of long, slow, easy miles. Um, but if you did those at the, at a you know, ramp that up 20% by intensity, um, that's going to be a very, very different equation. So I, I think maybe training loads better than training volume as a, as a frame for this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. And for you techie people out there, because I'm, I'm we're just going to assume that most of the people listening, and this might be a shitty assumption early on in the stage of our podcast, you can look at Strava has stress score, which is basically a play on the TSS, yeah, I think yeah. from Training Peaks, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Strava does the same thing with power in their, um, their cycling metrics. So it gives you an, an average weighted power, which is basically normalized power, normalized power we're getting deep because yep. what we do in here normalized power is this very complex algorithm that some guy has copyrighted and he's only made it available and Strava didn't want to pay for it. So they made up their own algorithm, which is actually very, very similar when the numbers come out. So Bookily similar. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because Strava didn't want to pay for fucking normalized power. <laughs> so yeah. So, so training score is that TSS score thing that you see. And there's probably something else somewhere. I think Garmin has one. Um, I think, yeah, most, most, most platforms. Garmin Fitbit intensity minutes. I think they called it. They made it really simple. Yeah, mo most platforms. So TSS is the is the is the load of a particular a particular training session that you'll get from from Training Peaks. So if you run uh, one hour all out maximum, you know you'll have a TSS score of close to a hundred because you're you know a hundred is basically you going at maximum intensity for oh. for, for, for an hour kind of thing. Cool. Um, Strava's is different. Yeah, yeah. Strava is like you can be like eight hundred, and it actually it, it's. Uh, points in the red with your score and if they're both equal then you like hammered it or something yeah like okay. so yeah it's like i don't, I don't look at, i don't look at strava to be honest for like i'm, I'm a training peaks man okay yeah you always talk about training peaks i'm a strava guy so this is gonna be a really good uh <laughs> adventure where you 
believe in a platform that I'm not a fan of. So. That's okay. I mean, we're, we're, we're mainly going to be talking principles today rather than, you know, specific metrics. Um, we might do a future podcast on uh, on on the platforms. We could do a podcast on how to get the most out of Strava. We could do a podcast on how to get the most and how to read and interpret data from training peaks. Um, if you'd like to hear us talk about that, yes, comment, contact us, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see socials. what we can do. Yeah, we're expecting literally tens of emails. Ten, no, thousands, Hundreds tens of thousands. thousands, tens of thousands. We're playing to win. The we ball are. is going in. Absolutely. Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I derailed you. What was your your third point? No, I, 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 the third point was were, I think I was on newer athletes. So uh, like I say, if you're a newer athlete and you you're unsure of what sort of volume to do, um, this is probably more top of mind than if you're very experienced and you know you've you've either broken yourself or you've undertrained by doing it a certain way in the past. Um, I, I think holding those in mind are kind of why it's important to uh, uh, to talk about training load. What's your perspective on uh, training load? How do you approach it? What do you do? Bill Cross. Great question. All right. Um, actually, funny enough, I was just telling you before this because, hey, guys, this actually isn't a conversation that we recorded perfectly and we got it right. Like, there's some edits that happen if you didn't know. Welcome to the world of audio production. Secret opening the kimono shit happening right there. You know what? I actually might um, put some shimmer noises on top of the you should head. put the shimmer noises on top of you talking about the shimmer noises oh do we're it. gonna be exhibit memes do all it. day do it. all right so yeah actually funny enough yesterday i ended up a friend of mine um suki lee good old suki who is an absolute genius and hope to have him possibly on this on the show if it works out powerful name yeah it's actually suk he lee okay everyone just goes suki Sure. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, this dude is very, very intelligent guy when it comes to a lot of things, and um, he somehow defaults to my advice for training, and I'm, I love it. Like, I love just telling him, and I always preface everything. Again, it's a transparent ass show. I preface everything with, in my experience and from my research, rather than saying this is how it's supposed to be. I feel like just those woo. <laughs> I feel like just those words alone. Um, they they allow you then to have some leeway. So someone goes, it's like, nah, bro, from my experience and my research, yeah. it could be different than, sorry, it can be different than your experience and your research, you know? Like, I'm not saying anything, like, most shit in the world is subjective as fuck. Yep. And it's a beautiful and messy thing because someone writes a blog post and goes, why you shouldn't go low carb or why you should go low carb or whatever, and then you're like, wait, but it worked for me. And then you want to actually, you know, be upset with them. And you're like, no, they're wrong. It's like, no, they're right in their head for themselves. And you actually can't. This is a conversation. We're going to have a nutrition, most likely have a tr- nutrition podcast. But uh, but yeah, we can we can go on around that. Oh, I, I actually think this is worth expanding on just for two minutes because this is very, very, very important. And I, I think from my experience and from my research is a is a perfect frame. We're not saying we're right. We're not saying that oh, it's our way or the highway. And we're not saying that there's no other way to to approach what we're what we're talking about. What we're us what we are saying is we have some experience, we've done some research, and we found some ways that we think are successful. We're sharing that out there. We hope you do too. Um, you know what? If you think we're wrong, if you've got a better way, 
we'd love to hear from you because this is a discussion. <laughs> this is a this is a conversation, and we're willing to have our minds changed on things yeah. because that's what that's what having a, an evidence based, um, you know, science based approach to this sort of stuff is all about. It's hey, if uh, if somebody comes up with a piece of evidence that says, you know eating fish will definitely kill you um and you know the evidence is irrefutable that's a stupid example because like clearly it doesn't but you know what i'm saying Well, it's all the metals in the fish now that they're coming up with and yeah blah 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 blah, blah. yeah exactly so, yeah. but anyway um I, I think that's an important thing so while we're putting out there while we're putting our opinions out there um they are opinions they are not facts yes um, unless there was a really good scientific study with like a hundred thousand participants over 20 years in 20 different countries all over the world and it's like been peer-reviewed five times yeah <laughs> and that study has then been redone over the last 20 years and it's one of those like okay yeah. we can believe that that is yeah. that thing you yeah. know like that's the only time where um smoking is bad for you yes yes exactly all right so back to my perspective on this so yeah i was talking to Suki, and i ended up Funny enough, coming up with my training plan for my next phase of the year. So I actually, just to, to open it all up, I break my years now into two parts. There's triathlon season and there's running season. Because we're in Australia and running season's in the winter here. Or sorry, we're in Sydney because there actually are very, very cold places in Australia. But we're in Sydney, which is a very temperate part of Australia, most of it is. Most of the habitable areas are. And it's really cool because running season in the winter because the summers here, while in Sydney, it can get warm. It doesn't get as hot as Queensland um, and other places, Perth, where it gets up to, you know, 40 degrees Celsius or, you know, 100 plus degrees. Like to your American studio right now. Yes, it's probably uh, about 29 degrees in here. It is hot as fuck. 33. Yeah. So beauty that we can actually have a running season in the winter, whereas obviously in New York and the Northeast, where I come from, running ceases in November. Like the New York Marathon, it's done. And the running season doesn't start till March, April, which is the Boston Marathon. So y'all are soft. We, <laughs> we we just we just call that we just call that cross country season in the UK and we just go run in the dirt. That well that's interesting because in the US it's indoor. Like cross country ends actually in November. Cross yeah, country right. running ends in November. And it's it's no bullshit. It might, it might be December, um, cross-country running. It's indoor season. From December until March, it's fucking indoor track season. No one's running outside because it's fucking slippery. Yeah. Like, it's ice and slippery. This is an absolute fucking side rant. I did not mean to go this far deep no, into no, this the, the, the temperature of how we're running. So, yeah. So, I ended up coming up with a, a training plan. And what I did was I didn't know his objective. So, I said, cool. I'm going to give you the example of my objective. And my objective is to do what I did, 131, which is 91 minutes in a half marathon last year. So this year is to do a, a 129 because I was trying to do 130 last year. I did 131, so I'm going to do 129 this year. Based on my triathlon season, I should do it. Based on my time trials for 10K and 5K, I should do it. You know, like there's no reason why. I actually should be running closer to like a 118 from the – the, the formulas and the, the race predicting like calculators. Jack Daniels formula. Yeah. Yeah, I should be around. Actually, I should be around like 113, I think, um, from my mile time. So that's just a predictor. You have to put the work in. It's like. Yeah, of course. Yeah, this is your potential. 
So I was like, all right, you know, let me work it backwards. I want to do a 130, 90 minutes. And I said, my longest, hardest run is going to be 85%. Now, my math might be off. So get ready for totally fucked up math where you'd be like, that doesn't actually make sense. I'm going to work backwards really quick. So my longest run a week or two before my A race, which will be September, will be what's 85% of 90 minutes. I don't fucking know. Um, it's probably seven. I think it's 75 minutes. So my longest run at my half marathon objective goal pace should be about 75 minutes. That's a long ass fucking run, but I need to get my body ready for it. Cause I don't want to do my longest run at 50 minutes. And then I jump into a run as 90 minutes. Like you've been playing with fire at that point. I don't know if I'll be able to make it. I might have a good day. I might have a bad day. So then I said, all right, cool. I now have between now and then 22 weeks to do this race. So I said, ah, that's a bit long. I was like, all right, let me back this up. I want eight weeks of base. I'm going to break it up into two periods, which we'll get into in a second. There's eight weeks of base, and then there's 12 weeks of actual build. I'll call it build. There's probably another name that other people use, high-intensity interval training, whatever. So my base phase, I'll keep it all MAF, which is Moffatone, um, which for me is about 150 heart rate, probably 148, but 150 heart rate and... Um, just very quickly, Maftone, MAF, for uh, the uninitiated out there. Um, do you want to break it down or do you want me to? Google it. We'll put it in the show notes because okay, I want to keep right. going with this. Sweet. Yeah, we yep. can talk about yep. Maftone in another episode. We could go off on many tangents. Because I'm already, I'm already on a rant right now. This might even get edited out. All right. So first eight weeks, so I'm, I've got the next four weeks are going to be a maintenance stage, which, again, we'll talk about in a few minutes. So I'll have a maintenance stage where I maintain, maintenance stage where I maintain. Then I'll have a base stage where I just basically am building up my aerobic base. That's actually a very critical point that I ignored up until about five years ago. Mm. And it's very, very important. Um, that allows you to, to, to have a lot of different gains. I'm not even going to get into the science of it because I'll probably quote it the wrong way. But it allows you, Maffetone talks about this, it allows you to get a lot of aerobic gains and really build this strong foundation think of it like building a skyscraper you have to have a foundation that foundation takes you know weeks to months to build and then you can build the building on top of that so you have to have your anchors in place they go for skyscrapers they go hundreds of meters down into the ground and th this is what this is you don't see it but it's actually helping you and enabling you to do harder longer stuff later so in the eight weeks i'm going to build up to 90 minutes for my long run that's my key run then after eight weeks, I'm going to go to 12 weeks. And this is where I then implement my speedier, higher intensity stuff. I'm not going to be flogging myself, really. Maybe a couple of VO2 max, you know, anaerobic type workouts. Those are going to be very short and sharp. And those will probably be in implemented later into the interval 12 weeks. And then each week, I'm going to go, I'll give myself a bank of 45% of my race time. So I'll say... 45% of my, I'll start off first week, 45% of my full race is 40 minutes. Again, my math might be wrong. So I need to do 40 minutes at an intensity close to my race pace. And I'm going to allocate that through the week. So I'll give myself two, maybe three workouts. I might even pepper it into my long run of where I'm going to then subject myself to adapt to that pace. Mm -hmm. And that can be fartlek. There's, there's many different ways. There's fartlek, interval, and uh, tempo or steady state. There's so many different words for it. And there's a million different iterations of that. Then you go into it. 
So then I go, cool. Then the next week, I up it 5%. So then 5% on 40, I don't know, 45 minutes. So then I allocate 45 minutes throughout the week. So basically, one run will be 20 minutes worth of intensity. So then there's a 10-minute warm-up, 20 minutes of intensity, and then 10-minute cool-down. So that's easily 45, 60 minutes. So I have those key workouts, and I always hit those key workouts. And then throughout the course of those 12 weeks, I then should get to that 85%. I then should be very ready to accomplish my goal. It actually is fucking simple. And it's not as easy as it sounds. Sorry, it's easy, but it's hard to do. So it's easy in theory, but it's hard to actually execute and have discipline and figure out what works. This is what works for me. This is how I like doing it. Everyone's different. You might find a method that works for you better, but I found this is the way to, to... not have injury, to not have burnout, to not have illness, and to stay fresh and really hit my goals. Yeah, nice. So yeah, Phil, that was a mouthful and an earful if you're listening. It's a lot of shit we want to go into with this podcast, and you know, this is the beginning stages, so I'm going to keep it on the the lighter end of things, but is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, sure. Um, I... I, I f- <laughs> This is a deep topic, and I feel like we can do a part two on this at some time. Uh, for, I agree for sure. Um, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it to a, a bit more of a meta level, um, just in terms of, I guess, some principles. You gave a lot of great detail there in terms of like how one would attack, you know, to kind of build like progressively moving towards a uh, towards a specific goal. Um, what I wanted to throw out there and just offer offer you guys is is uh, is a few sort of principles to layer on top of that. So I think when we're looking at total training load, um, there's some questions you need to need to ask yourself in terms of um, in terms of preparation or need to you, you can do. Um, firstly, you know, does the does the training load and the training volume align with your goals? You know, is it appropriate for what you're trying to achieve? You know, if you have no goals and you uh, you just want to finish a race, training 30 hours a week for an Ironman, um, not necessarily appropriate. Also, think about periodization. Think about when you're doing things. Periodization is a whole other thing, and I think that's what we'll probably get into on a on another podcast. Our philosophies around that, um, because there's a there's a there's a deep rabbit hole to go to there. But suffice it to say, you know, if you're if you're doing big volume, huge weeks, and you're still, um, you know, six months out from your um, from your goal race. Um, you're probably going to burn out if you if you carry that on like all the way through. So um, think about what you're doing, when you're doing it, and what's going to have the biggest impact. Um, also thinking about the opportunity cost. So what else could you be doing with your time in terms of training load? Like what are you giving up? This goes back to um, the the kind of principles of ecology on the the, the goal setting episode, which is which is episode one again listen rate and subscribe um <laughs> Look, we're new we're, we're new you're just gonna hear that a lot you know like we're, we're, we're thirsty for those uh for those ratings yeah um uh, <laughs> itunes does it fuck you itunes <laughs> um but yeah i mean is it gonna is it gonna ruin your life are you gonna have no time for friends family uh, are you gonna get fired from your job because you've got brain fog all day because you're hitting tempo runs every morning before uh, before you go to work are you gonna go broke and become homeless yeah are you gonna be one of those homeless <laughs> iron man athletes we read about in the papers every day um 
<laughs> but yeah, these are these are real these are real questions. Also, being realistic about like the again, what are the gains you're going to achieve by putting in a certain amount of volume? Um, is that meaningful for you? Uh, is it going to be worth it? Uh, just a very very quick story um, from me. So, I did Ironman Bustleton. Oh, Ironman Western Australia at one point, and and I put in big volume for it. You know, I I did a lot of training. I, I kind of uh, made it a centerpiece of my life at the time, and I I did I did pretty well. I was happy with it. I did I did just over a nine thirty, um, and that was great. Again, I said this in the first one. That's fast as shit, dude. Like even for a flat course, because Bustleton flat is. FAF flat as fuck. Oh, it's it's super flat. Yeah, but I mean, like that's that's really fast to you non Ironman because you might be into cycling or running. A nine thirty Ironman is fucking fast, and you downplay this feel because you're a humble dude. You a humble motherfucker. Thanks, man. But uh, but yeah, man, that's props, <laughs> man. Props there. Thanks, man. Um, but contrast that to and and say I was putting in you know fifteen to twenty hour weeks um, in terms of training for that for you know across the three sports and you know strength training and physio and all that good stuff on top of it and contrast that to um, I guess a couple of years later when I did Ironman Roth uh, or Roth as most people say here um, over in Germany stupid English people yeah it's it's one of the biggest races in the world and also one of the most beautiful uh, if you've never done it and never climbed Solar Hill with like 10 deep spectators on the bike course either side like like, like, it's like Tour de France, Tour de France. France. yeah, yeah it, it's an experience anyway so uh, work got crazy around that time and I was only able to put in like seven eight hour um training weeks um so i was training you know seven or eight hours a week which you know if you're an ironman athlete you know that's not a lot um i was very tactical and and, you know kind of uh, very intentional about my training but it's a harder course it's a freshwater swim as opposed to an ocean swim in salt water which is much faster um the bike course is hilly at rote you know you're you're it's twisty it's turny it's it's more it's way more technical um the run course is on um is on uh, you know, a, a basically fire trail for most of it, but gravel off road. You know, it's not technical, but it's it's gravel as opposed to you know asphalt. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be slower. So it's going to be slower. Yeah. And I did just under ten hours mm. by twenty seconds actually. So I it sneaked under ten by the skin of my teeth. Nine fifty nine yeah. forty, right? <laughs> but 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 think about that. So for the first race, I um I put in fifteen to twenty hours a week training. I did less than half of that for for rote and I gained, you know, what, twenty eight minutes or something like that in, in time. Uh, that's I'm not saying one was better than the other or one was worth it more than the other, but that's the kind of equation and that's the kind of math you should be thinking about. Like, you know, there's a lot I could have done with those extra 10 hours a week that I yeah. could have freed up from, from not training. So um, think about the opportunity cost. Anyway, uh, those, those are just some additional frames I wanted to throw on top of that, man. All right, so we're going to play Red Team, man. Favorite. Yeah, we're gonna be H eighters, shade throwers, and uh, funny enough, we were trying to come up with red team, and we realized that you know our audience base out there, all millions of you listeners, we actually were like, yo, you guys are smart as fuck, and like you wouldn't say stupid things. The first thing we thought of was, oh, oh. St- sticking to the schedule is too hard. Like you guys, I don't want him. Yeah, like you guys wouldn't do that. You know, I wouldn't do that. Like we're we're acting like you are just us. 
So we actually were like, fuck, this has to be a harder question. We could really only come up with one. The periodization became another one. Phil, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say it, it's the steel man versus the straw man. Like we don't want to – the red team should be the hard questions, the hard arguments against it, the ones that are like legit that require a response and an answer. Like we don't that, – that's the steel man question. We don't want to straw man our points and like give the kind of like the, easy, the softballs that you can just hit out the park. Yeah, that, that, that's a – yeah, the, the low-hanging fruit. That's, yeah. that's what I've been saying yeah. for a few weeks. So we did come up with one. This is kind of our, our best one. Again, we'd love for you guys to, to hit us up with red team questions, man. You know, that we're, we're only two people. A lot of people like to train by feel. And especially if they don't have their schedule in their hand, the coach didn't give them to the day, they just say, fuck it. They just go, I'm going to train by feel because this is what someone told me. The internet told me to train by feel. Good argument. That's actually a really good question. Sometimes I train by feel. Right now I'm in my maintenance, maintaining stage. So I'm actually just doing whatever the fuck I want right now. And if I decide to go hard up the hill, easy up the hill, that's just what I feel like doing. So what would you say to a person that's like, how do I deal with my training load, which is intensity times volume, and also train by feel? Sure. Um, I think you you kind of partially answered it there in, in the question in terms of um, – what you're what you're aiming at right now so if you're in a if you're in your off season you're in a rest period you've got no specific goal training by feels great rock on like you run up the hill as hard as you as you want you quit a session if you're not feeling it you go long if you're having a great run whatever um i think it's still super super valuable when you've uh, when you're when you're having a training program as well Knowing your body, um, listening to those signals and, and kind of paying attention to them is is part of being a smart athlete. So we're, oh, I'm certainly not discounting uh, training by feel, and um, you know, I'm assuming Darren's not either. But uh, you, our opinion is you need to pair that with some uh, some objectivity um, and some some data and some science and some um, you know and some metrics and measures in order to to achieve a goal if that's what you're if that's what you're running at so humans are notoriously um, notoriously skillful at deceiving ourselves and post rationalizing what we do um, or, or convincing ourselves that we need to we need to take an easy day or we're not we, you know we, we shouldn't do this. Uh, as opposed to as opposed to doing what's necessary so training by feel exclusively can lead to either under training if you're inclined towards you know the taking the taking the easy road or i've seen it especially with a lot of going back to the type a a lot of type a ironman athletes tend to overtrain either out of fear or out of desire for for peak performance and and tend to overdo it so i think i think the um i think the danger with leaving it entirely up to human intuition intuition is that you uh, you you run the risk of either over or, or undercooking your training um i think that's uh, i think the the next question comes into that into periodization in terms of um in terms of structuring a season and looking at the number of hours and looking at the the intensity within those hours um but i think that kind of wraps it up from my perspective in terms of uh, it's the under or over cooking so the the combination of feel um plus some some objectivity is uh, is where i'm landing in on that yeah i, I like that and i'm just going to jump in because we don't have a, a second question which i would usually answer we're transparent on this one and we, we try to be transparent on these on these episodes so yep. yeah so I, I would just say yeah periodization would come into that as kind of a a, a part b you know, to that, 
And we're going to save that actually for another podcast. It might be half a podcast. We don't know. This yep. is all an experiment here. We love we love testing ourselves. So again, uh, I love giving myself an example. I am right now in maintenance phase, which is really fucking weird and new for me. Because I realized that my my objective A race is way too far out. It's 22 weeks away. I, yep. mean, I think it might be 23. And I'm just like, I'm not training for 23 fucking weeks. You know, like I'm not going to be doing high intensity for anything longer than... 12 16 maybe if i was super fit professional like you got you got to break it up and just you know just mentally physically so i don't want more than eight weeks really in base i feel like i have a strong base and it becomes diminishing returns with base as well but with base you just basically are just running for no reason i found like you you won't get injured doing too much base but you end up seeing very minimal gains i found between week eight and week 10 for myself if i'm fit yeah um there's not much happening after week 12 in base. So that's why I then go, I want to try, I want to try a shorter base this this running season and then just get into the fucking, the fun shit because I feel like I got a strong base right now. So so yeah, that's that's my answer to it is, is periodize your training and if you're in maintenance like me, just have fun. Like I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to do CrossFit. I've never done CrossFit. Nice. It sounds interesting and stupid all at the fucking same time. Are you going to get some like long neon socks? <laughs> Plus. I'm gonna do tough mutter next week. That's yeah, what I'll yeah. do right after. Uh, what is it? Trojan race? What is it? Uh, Spartan. Spartan race. Yeah, one of those fucking things. Trojan. Trojan. <laughs> tro- Trojan race. You just hide in a horse. <laughs> you know what? They should it's have Trojan that race. That should be sponsored by Trojan condoms. Yes. And it should be a a, a singles race, right? Yeah. For for like a dating, it's a dating app race. Yeah. Tro- but then it's just a fucking play on the Spartan race because. Trojan Spartan, same damn thing, right? Yeah, right. Well, just- we're, we're looking for sponsors, so Trojan condoms. <laughs> if you uh, if you wanna you wanna hit us up. All right, that 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 digressed, or uh, I'm gonna digress. That went way the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll just end it. There. <laughs> All rants aside, digression happening. What are some takeaways for our beautiful, awesome listeners? Actionable tasks. I like to call them actionable actionable tasks. What can they do? What can we do? We're all in this together yep. to better ourselves based on the information that we long-windedly spoke about. Yep. Yep. Um, a few things off the top of my head um, that you guys can take away and kind of put into play today. Um, work backwards from your goal. So you know when your race is, you know when your A event is, you know when you want to peak, um, pick that and, and work work backwards, reverse engineer it. Um, you know, the example uh, Dan gave earlier in terms of, you know, the milestones he needed to hit along the journey to, um, you know, his next event, I think is a fantastic example of that. So apply that, apply that kind of thinking to your, to your own training and your own schedule. Um, big fan of this and this is going to be a, a kind of defining theme of this but define your why for something you know why are you doing something is it important to you do you want to kill it why? why five times why um, if you want to kill it you, you want to hit a certain time goal you want to qualify for something then you're going to have to put some more rigor behind it than hey if you just want to finish and have fun and you just want to train with your friends that's that's huge alright my, my why an example is I want to run you know, one percent. Which again, my maths are always off. Uh, I want to run. I want to run one percent faster every year in my half marathon time. 
So this year, that's my main goal every fucking year until I'm 45. Nice. I started it last year, and I'm, I'm going to stick with this shit. So I'm going to shave off a minute every year, which probably isn't 1%. I don't huh? Actually, no, it is. It's actually more than 1% because it's yeah. 100 minutes. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, about 1.5% yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. So yeah, that actually works out. Um, so I'm trying to shave a minute off every year. And yeah, that's my why. And it's a strong why because it is going to allow me to be healthy as I move forward in life. And as I get older, when you should become more unhealthy, I am getting healthier and I'm becoming, I'm the most fit I've ever been. And this isn't me being narcissistic. I'm the most fit I've ever been uh, in my entire life. And it's because I thought about it and I made a plan. So my why is strong as fuck. What's your why? Keep going. Oh, my why. Um, you know no, what? That, that was a rhetorical question to the oh, okay, audience, right. not you. Sorry, yeah. I yeah, actually say, want to know your why, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say we'll get to that another <laughs> time. I haven't even defined my goals yet. Um, <laughs> well, I haven't shared them. Um, and on a sort of more micro level, on a week-to-week basis, I think just defining your, your must-do sessions. Um, so in terms of the time you're spending training, really put a pin in the in the three, four sessions you're going to do that week that are, that are non-negotiables. Because um, a lot of the benefit comes from that those key key workouts. You, that's where you're getting a lot of the gains. Um, endurance athletes especially like to pad things out with a like Darren said before a lot of base miles, a lot of a lot of fluff, a lot of gray zone training. So um, you can uh, you can do a lot for yourself if you define those uh, those must dos and and um, you know other things become nice to have should life get in the way. Um, so define your must do sessions, define your why, and choose a goal and work backwards those are your actionable takeaways um yeah boom and there you have it that was all you need to know within a 30 to 40 minute podcast about training load we'll probably come back to this at some point if we keep going but we're going to get to our 10 episode goal our main objective as per the first episode so if you like us make sure you subscribe make sure you rate make sure you comment so that you can get all the alerts and all the notifications on your phone or your device so when we got new episodes really appreciate it any feedback any red team comments we'd love it so hit us up on themasterofsome.com I should get to know my email address URL better thank you again I'm gonna leave you all with some decent tunes peace Thank you.